She's living. She's feeling her own. Let her feel her own. Why are you trying to braid one little piece of hair? She was too redeemed. Wait a minute. Did too she, redeemed. Did, like, did I call Amtrak or did I call <laughs> the, the first first Baptist Church of Jog Road? <laughs> Get out of here. Tiny little piece. You on have the head. one. You have the one pom pom in the back, and now you have this one little piece that you're trying to. Don't touch my hair, Zach. Yes, I can. Oh, name the names. Trade. Banshee. Children go where I send thee, Lord, how shall I send thee? Okay, you added a beat. You may be a person of color, but you're white appearing. Are we the same? I've picked the last three winners. <laughs> Day one. So but, who's the third? But you're... No credibility. I'm from the Joy Luck Club School of Thought, and that's to... Ooh, four wins. Never expect, only hope. My Joy Luck Club school of thought is use the horse to defeat your enemy. You're listening to This Cupac Life, a podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color. We strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for queer people of color. We also have a variety of views and opinions, so please leave yours on our website, thiscupac.life, on our Facebook page, or send us a tweet at thiscupaclife. You see how convenient that is? It's all the same. Help us build this Cupac community. While you're at it, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Just look for This Cupac Life. If you're feeling generous, don't forget to check out our Patreon page. You can invest in this podcast and help us continue to create quality content by and for Cupac. Come on, syllabic alliteration. Calorie carb dashing. How you doing? William. Carbs are friends. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron of This QPOC Life. That's a dollar slice. What's more, for higher contributions, you can unlock special rewards like behind-the-scenes content, live streaming, and more. Ooh. Everybody. Hi. So, yes. full transparency. We are in the time machine. We are in a time machine right now. <laughs> we are black to the future, honey. <laughs> so you well, have it's not nobody. Good Friday, it's the not time good Friday right now. We're in the time machine. It's a time yes. machine. So it's we're at PAX East right now. As people, when this I love Boston. Well, no. <laughs> wow. We're not lying to people and telling them that we're in Boston. I love clam chowder. At this specific moment. The real versions of us are in Boston right now. Right. The audio version of us are right after the podcast from last week. Right. Which just happened for us like 10 what minutes ago. What look like that? I don't know. Can let's move on. Can let's move on. on what are we talking about today, y'all? We need y'all? to introduce we are yes. Oh. Oh, right. Well, thanks for letting the cat out of the bag early, Zach. What's the bag? That we're black to the future. <laughs> <laughs> I said it twice and it's funny. So you may call me Joe Lee. That is Joe with no E, which is how you will find me all over the internet. Please pay special attention to my upcoming YouTube channel. <gasps> and my pronouns are they, them, and theirs. 
My name is Carlos Rios, and you can find me online at Trey Fabulo. That's T-R-E-S-F-A-V-U-L-E-U-X. And I'll use any pronoun that you want. But I really love hers. My name is Zachary Aris. Uh, I'm the only one on the internet and or anime wrong. Also the only one on the internet. And um, my pronouns are either. Nope. We talked about this last week. Last week. AKA 40 minutes ago. And it was. No, don't. That's the ruse. Don't ruin the fantasy. Um, And my pronouns are any of the above. My name is Jonathan, a.k.a. Blasian FMA on the internet. That's Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and Pornhub. Uh, and we're moving on past, you know, the fact that there's a Pornhub because it is 2018. And we've mentioned it no every shame. episode. Every single time. Single time. Waiting for that, for that retweet about it. On yes. your pronouns? Or however it works. Can you retweet? And they are oh, he, him, and his. Yes, indeed. And this is... This Q-Pac Live! 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 Nope. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to... I only joined in this time because it actually sounded kind of good. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're at a 7 out of 10 most of the time, so... Two out of three ain't bad. Mm. Do you know what's how I like? I like the. Um... You know, speaking of retrospectives. Come on, retrospectives. <laughs> that's a great. So you have heard us for the past six months. Six, six months, months we've been doing this, y'all. That's Can you almost believe it? a whole six, baby. Six months that's of Jonathan and trimester. Zach that is trying this every single every, the trying week. Trying what? Trying what? Six weeks of JoJo and Carlos being haters. Haters. I, you know what we? You know what we never tried. Oh, all my life. I'd never learned that song. Didn't learn it. Oh, you didn't know? Nope. Oh, okay. So that was a song in our PAO that when the London version of our PAO came over, or the London PAO came over to sing sing with us, we were supposed to do this song of, of parting and like... Grab one of the guys Here and like go. hold his hand and look in his eyes as we sang. And I was like, I'm not doing this white bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I never learned the it was song. Full on trust circle. It, uh, and like, ain't, and they know none the, of them. The, the crazy thing is like, everybody was supposed to like go out away. It's like we were not in PA formation. We we're just out anywhere. So I just like stood by very, myself in the middle of the stage. I was off stage. I made sure that I, w- I was off stage I to like go collect basket money. I was already I off the stage. No, I was. I, I asked you to help yep. me collect because we had to hand out rainbow fans. So I walked out. The moment the second to last song was done, I was like, oh, don't have to sing this. Bye. And then stood out there waiting for those baskets. For those we love In the PAO, we love us an Irish, like a Celtic thing. We've done one every year well, that I've been in the, our, in the PAO. There's uh, some people within administration and leadership who are from those aisles. So okay, well, <laughs> I'm my family aisle is from two? the Filipino aisle. And, my family is from the Puerto and not, Rican and, aisle. And how many Puerto Rican songs have we done? And neither of you are in the administration, oh. so therefore this one is creating the feedbacks or the. Uh, I used to could be in the administration, the HR. but I'm not anymore. Mm, yeah, so it's good. It's getting kind of deep into the PAO's talk. I know we, Puerto Rican of songs. Of course, here we go. Yes, those those Irish Puerto Rican, very Derek oh, Jeter. Yay, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> out here. Out of my <laughs> Bye. Oh wow, Good. y'all! It is Wait. lit up at Brick Bye. House no. Media Studios. Oh my gosh! So we thought we'd take a moment now that we've been doing this for just about six months and talk about our journey and 
how we've been feeling and the things that we've learned along the way. And if there are some of you who are out there who are aspiring to be content creators, who might be interested in maybe being on a podcast, starring in your own podcast, we, we thought it'd be a great opportunity for us to talk about our journey and give advice. And, um, I think it'll, it'll dovetail very nicely into an interview that we have later on in this episode, uh, with Random J and our very own Jonathan Gibbs, um, who Random J actually inspired our good friend, Jonathan Gibbs to go into podcasting. That's me, by the way. That's me, Jonathan. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> 18 episodes at are this you, point. I think that they know who. Are you in the room or are you in Boston right now? I'm in both. Girl, it's hard. I'm, I'm in the. He's having a lobster roll as we see. I mean, I'm hungry too. That's why. I'm, I'm just super. Like, <laughs> and we both had those fries earlier. We did. I had a 7 Eleven burger. So, yeah, Jay, yeah. Uh, Random Jay, like, uh, goes, it goes back to like pre 2008. So like mm, that um, was almost ten years ago. That was ten years ago. Wow, it's 2018 now. Ten years. Ten whole years. That's a lot of aging. It is, but it doesn't show on me. Does it on you? You got that one braid still sticking out of the top of your head. Okay, you don't want to go there with me, Zach. Oh, wait. I already just cracked my. Nose, it has been so. six months of y'all coming for each other. So right. Right. Get into that. And six months of all sorts of other stuff. But yeah, Random J. He uh, he's a really cool guy. I looked up to him, and before I, I mean, I was already Blazing FMA doing YouTube videos, but when it came to listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. It was he played a very pivotal role in me seeing that there are black podcasters because this mm-hmm. was even before the read. Like, um, so as we know, the narrative around podcasts is like black folks don't listen to podcasts, and then now they do because mm-hmm. there's been this huge wave of it since like the read and mm-hmm. others. Uh, and we'll get to talking about that in our journey and all. It's that, also you know. become super accessible to do podcasting now, too. right? Yeah. Content creation period, like YouTube and stuff. I remember it was really exclusive because like phone cameras weren't good. The wait was mm-hmm. the, this? You can talk about the lawsuit oh, okay. on here. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to like throw you out under the bus. But was this before or after? Uh, I'm trying it to get was a sense around the same time point. because I had moved to Memphis in 2008, and I the person that I met, like one of my friends, he's the one that put me on Random J, and mm-hmm. um, and then that's how I got involved in listening to podcasts. Mm. So yeah, why don't we take a second? Uh, you'll hear from our sponsors right now. And when we come back from this break, uh, we'll get to talking about our journey. I know that you are all super fans of this QPOC life, and I am too. And the way that we make more super fans is by sharing it. So whether you see us on the iTunes, on the look, I don't, I'm not really good at the internet. So if you see it, just share it. See it, share it. If you see it, share it. If you see it, just share it. It's like like, it's not hard. If you see something, say something. If you see it, share it. See something share something there you go because you are sharing good information from incredible people um mostly me thank you sponsors 
Our we sponsors are, are absolutely no one. And Jesus. Our sponsors are the Patreon. Lord. Our Patreon. So thank you to our patrons. So we really want to thank you all as we kick off this retrospective episode that have been listening to us for the past six months. And we want to give an extra special thank you to our patrons on Patreon. We started Patreon just very shortly after we yeah, I think started, we started doing this. in December with, with right. Patreon because we started in October, and so you know we just wanted to shout out our patrons, and we're gonna do it by name and from memory because we don't have a list up. I think Jolie is trying to get it up real quick, but I'm gonna try to do this. No, I okay. think no, I, I think it. you would have you, to. Log I think we can it. do it. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Okay, let's see. Howard May. Yes. Chris Boyd. Mm. Raffi. Mystery person. Jonathan Gibbs. Jolie. Oh God! Did we forget somebody? That's six. Michael oh, Michael Baker. Baker and then Hiniko, the Japanese Blasian. Yes. <gasps> ah. Yay. Thank you, patrons. Thank Sorry you. we forgot some of your names. Well, we did that off the top of our heads. Off the top of our heads. Just so, imagine yeah. when we have more than eight patrons. But we're making a lot <laughs> like of money to nine? <laughs> Maybe even 400. Okay, I, you know, name it and claim it. Name it and claim it. Name it, because we named it and claimed it and ended up at PAX. Yeah, I That's love right. Boston, where we are right now. Presently. Yeah. So let's talk about the address. So let's talk about the history of this little project that we call This QPOC Life. Yes. You can also read about this on the article I wrote for AZ Mag. <gasps> yes. Oh. At azmag.co.uk. And that was one step in the growth of this. But this whole thing. I also have a celebration story to share with you all. Okay. Because AZ Mag also just published my second article for okay, that. Okay, In which I talk about being gender non-binary and my relationship with clothing. Ooh. Oh. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Wait, I'm proud this, of us, too. How so, did this start? How did this Cubic Life start? Let's give him the her string. I don't remember. So I just know that I came up with a name because, okay, this is this is the first time I'm uh, admitting this out loud, mm. but they kind of ripped it off from something else. So this Filipino-American life is a podcast that I listen to because I'm a Filipino-American mm. as well. And they always open their episode with some quote from some hip-hop R&B guy that says something like, do something that is completely new but sounds like it's always been around the whole time. I don't know. It's a rapper, and he's saying something. I don't know what the exact quote is. Um, but they've cut that into every episode at the beginning. And so, obviously, this Filipino-American life is a take on NPR's This American Life. Mm -hmm. So, by proxy of this Filipino American life, this QPOC life is the QPOC version of this American life. Mm. Except I don't think that, well, that was the idea, but I don't think that we really f uh, follow the oh, form of not. this American life. No, that there's, much. A, there's a lot more like, um, like n longer narratives within that. Like they that pick show. one thing mm -hmm. and then they go to like the location and they talk to the person in their mm -hmm. hut and then like, in their hut. Whatever they're doing. I mean, in they're America. Going to Wakanda that week or something. I don't know. And I know they have more than huts in Wakanda. I'm just saying. For the purpose of this illustration. Mm -hmm. um, so then, so you sort of conceptualized the name first. Sure. And then, how well, were we chosen? It's also worth, worth mentioning that um, Jonathan also is the creator of education mm -hmm. oh, that's right which preceded this cupac life which 
helped, which helps create this platform. Because y'all yeah. did, y'all did a. I remember it was a back crossover in the day, episode. A crossover yeah. episode between education and um, Dane, Dane Evans's uh, permission. Permission, and you recorded it at Dane's house. Because mm-hmm. yep. I remember seeing video, and I had just met all of you at the time, and I was like, "Oh, that what a lovely group of people." Yes. What were we talking about in that? Stupid shit. You were saying something about girls and boys, boys and girls. If you say it, you're going to lay up in your own shit or something. It was like, I, the clip is only one minute long. Oh, I think we were talking, oh, we were talking about the American Idol contestant. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, the uh, girl who said. Portia La Portia Renee. She doesn't agree with the lifestyle or whatever. Girl, and she had some good ass runs and damn it. Yeah, damn it, she Portia. was problematic. We talked about her for a while. Who, who in our friend group, like. Lo- loves problematic people that can do runs as long as they can sing. You? No, I will cancel a singer if they you're, say something. Pro- you're looking Is it you? at Zach, me. and you're also thinking Kimber- about George. George. Me oh, and George love. We love excusing uh, problematic love ass people. And we love Laporte Renee. Get out of here. Because they can sing, you'll let them hate you, just like these people today. When, no, when Laporte Renee, when she was singing uh, "Diamonds" by Rihanna, she did that. That run. Is the one of the greatest runs I've ever heard in my life. Okay, of all time, yeah. including. Because the great. Anyway, <laughs> get, so Jonathan getting Gibbs, back to the most yes, important sorry, part, no. which is us. Right. So Jonathan retrospective. Gibbs, Jonathan Gibbs. I don't know why I need to say your whole name every time. Right. So Jonathan was part of education, which is the spiritual precursor, father, Old Testament, non-binary parent of. <laughs> This Cupac life. Yeah. Sire. I think ultimately Ooh, I, I like wanted that. education to be something like this Cupac life, but education started way back in yeah. 2012. And the best we could do for people that one lived in St. Louis, one was in Detroit, one was in Memphis, one was in DC, one was in Atlanta. You know, it was just Google Hangouts. Mm-hmm. So I found a way to like, I found out that you could record your live Hangouts and right. like it was a video version and it wasn't, it, the quality wasn't so high that it would like, be too much space. Actually, they were like a gig each. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't I wouldn't edit them. No, I wouldn't edit them at all. And then I'd put them up. So like there was a lot of like, okay, this is the only time. Got blah, a website and everything. Had a website and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was tough to coordinate. Uh, like I ended up being on a couple of episodes mm-hmm. because education had a, a good run for a while and then you all took a break. And then at some point Jonathan wanted to revive education. And so yeah. we were talking about that and also trying to engage some other people to potentially join us and we tried doing the video thing and we have a few of those video episodes. Carlos was up. on a few of the main numbered on episodes. I was on there um, and then we took another break and then we did um, the podcast with permission right? Yep. and I think that's really for me anyway I think that's what really launched my interest in doing an audio podcast. Yeah um, and you were definitely like top of the list in terms of people to ask because like, A, you were part of education, but B, you would come to me out of the blue and be like, so when are we recording another episode? And I was like, oh, well, Carlos really wants to do this because that's part of the struggle that I had with education. Like, if we're going to be real about it, I found myself doing a lot of the work and, like, wrangling people in mm-hmm. and, like, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I did show you all the emails that circulated at the fall of education. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like, I'm friends with most of the people. I'm friends with the people I need to be friends with from that. But um, it was a stressful, t- it, it went on for three years. And education so, did? Oh, yeah. 
And so after three years of like doing a whole bunch of stuff, I laid out everything. Like I did this, I did that, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, I turned into, I had a moment and then it didn't go over well. And then that it kind of ended. I don't think it ended because of that. But anyway, I wanted to keep on doing the work. I've matured since then. Um, I acknowledge. You're a nice person now. I I acknowledge. Well, sometimes. (laughs) Um, I acknowledge my fault in how I handled certain situations. It's unfortunate because we were doing great work back then. Uh, It did gain a following, which is crazy because the only time, uh, like, the co-host, who I'm not afraid, like, he's a good friend now, Garrett McQueen, he would get randomly contacted. Or when he comes up to Memphis, comes up to New York, like we went up to, to Memphis, right? Uh, when he came up to New York the last time, or one of these recent times, we went to the PAO. Uh, well, it's not officially the PAO. So Nick and Donovan's Halloween party, and someone there knew him from education. Oh yeah, we brought were him like to what the heck? Yeah, it wasn't as salacious oh, as it is now. I was there too. Yeah, I yeah. That. I Everyone there. went. Oh, that's when I was. You weren't here yet. I was a nubis at that time. Oh, oh. But um, pre me. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Things, some things happen before you, Zachary. I know it's hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> you ought to see it. Um, so, I mean, it's been it's been really, really awesome. And, like, I've always been, like, rooting for you as a content creator because I believe in your passion and your zeal for for what you believe in and what you want to oh, talk God. about. Oh, God, is it going to be another one of those episodes? No, 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 no. You said zeal last week, too. I mean, two weeks ago. It was great. <laughs> did I say zeal? You did. I love that word. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's got word. all the best sounds in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been it's been so much fun getting to work with you and Zach and Carlos on this because, like, I, I just love, even when we're not in the studio, I just love hashing it out with y'all because y'all are so real and like we could talk about anything mm-hmm. and at okay, some great, point i want to talk about rosalind no kennedy's lobotomy <laughs> no. <laughs> no that's enough not like last week like and, last week <laughs> and every single time like like carlos will drop a sound bite jonathan will say something funny you'll make me roll my eyes you know it all works out it's great it's a great balance it's yeah, like yeah. what were the names of the fairies in sleeping beauty merryweather Flora, fauna, and Merryweather. Fauna was the green one, so I was I'm Flora. Fauna, uh, Merryweather is the blue one. Yes, so blue and pink. I'm the pink and one. You sleeping Beauty. No, or and that's Maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all two change Maleficent depending on the mood. It's that's true. Because true. <laughs> I no, love Maleficent. No, you straight up Flora. Flora the is the pink one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. you're the pink one. Yes, I'm the blue yes, one. yes. Exactly. You're the green one. The green one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Whatever, y'all. Uh, uh, and producer it, Pedro is Prince Philip. Aww. I stare in no credibility. But are we not? Are we not correct that you are Maleficent? I mean, I feel like she because is if just you misunderstood. Invited, if you weren't invited to a party, would you not show up and be like, "Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't invited. That's awkward." But let me put this curse on your baby. That's probably more me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely more that bitch across from me. Okay then. So I mean, I have no. <laughs> anyway, so why don't we talk about some of our favorite moments that have happened? I'm gonna. Mm. So like, we've had some really awesome guests on the podcast. Our first guest was, you know, the illustrious Michael Kilgore. Oh, yes. Wow. And then we had uh, Mary Martha bring on the ultimate clapback. Then we had uh, Terry Toro. Yes, oh, at yeah. the top of the year. Mm-hmm. And among our guests are also for the, the culture. culture. Yeah. Justin and uh, Adrian. Adrian. And uh, 
but of, you know, of course, none of Jeremy that. Jeremy Abram. Jeremy Abram, mm-hmm. who joined us for a podcast. Working well black. And uh and now in been, Japan. You know, we had we had uh Carlos start us off with a high note on I Hope You Feel Better. Oh yes, our very first episode and our very when first we didn't foray know, like, into group therapy. We didn't know what the like how it was we gonna be, know what to like do. the structure. We were figuring out the setup. It was only thirty six minutes long. We right. were all together until like the third or fourth episode. Yeah. Right. Because we had scheduling. There was a surgery. Yeah, yeah. I you got a full set of, of breasts implanted. Thank you, Dr. Sismore. Dr. Sismore. Um, uh, second episode, Zach came through with the legendary line when white, white people <laughs> get to change. God. Get to exchange That's probably one my hood favorite. for Wait, another. Uh, white people on Halloween. <laughs> well, I think that Halloween is an opportunity for white people to take off one hood and put on another. You were waiting. No, that was so organic. Because the moment you were talking about, like, I've been trying to get through to these, you feel like you've been getting through to white people. And I was like, yeah, you're finally getting through that clan's mask. But then Halloween comes and they throw it right back on. <laughs> it's a reset for white people. They're able to cleanse <laughs> their. Um, for me, one of my favorite, one of my favorite episodes and things that we've done so far has been when we had Mary Martha on because she was again one of our first guests, uh-huh. and she was our first uh, female identified guest, uh-huh. and getting to play the ultimate clapback mm-hmm. with you all while we were in the studio. And your clap back to me about <laughs> my ashy elbows. Exactly. Do you have a big forehead? It's a oh, five yes. head. It's a five head. It's, it's the Blasian five, five head. head. <laughs> Square, All the Blasians have a big forehead. I wear my five head with pride. Rihanna has a five head. She, she sure does. does. And yellow undertones. <laughs> Very yellow so undertones. As do I. All right. Way to As bring it back. Tyra. It all goes back to you. No consistency. All right. Carlos. It's my turn. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge JoJo. Uh-oh. The clap is... Cigarettes are bad for your health. Oh, please. Like your ashy elbows. Ah! <laughs> you win. Thank you. Thank you. So you'll uh, pick up a yellow. <laughs> but the best part was that Jonathan Gibson had to look at his elbows and make sure they weren't ashy. Yeah. And survey said. And survey said she's okay for now. Yes. But. Uh, But I think that was a really fun episode and I loved spending time with Mary Martha. I'm so glad that she continues Mm -hmm. to be involved with the podcast. She's with us right now in Boston in this panel that we're having. And so for me, that's probably one of my more favorite. And I also feel like that's, I think when a lot of things coalesced and we really started gelling as a group. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that episode. It's, it's really great because like the thing is like, we can do a podcast. That's cool. Whatever. People can do a podcast. I see a lot of, like, I have a, here we go, a backstage account. Stage. Backstage. Wait, ain't that account. the one where you can post an inappropriate profile no. to get some this money? Is, okay. so it's, and then Stormy it's a, where you, someone? Where you look. <laughs> this is not impacted by Cessna, which is an aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> it is impacted by Cesta, which Brought is an appropriations bill. By which, the Tangerine Tyrant. Yes. Mango it, Mussolini. It is it really not the Fanta, Mussolini? The Fanta yes, Fascist? Yes. <laughs> Wait, what's it called again? The Fanta Fascist. Cesta. Cesta. That sounds like something you can be like, 
Sesta can cause blindness in some candidates. Ask your doctor <laughs> about Cymbalta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people reported liver cancer. Is there an uh, anal option? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. No, but um, what was I going to say now? I forgot. Oh, mm-hmm. I will say my favorite. Yeah. I have a two-part favorite one. Um, my first favorite moment was when our producer, Pedro, got Jolie's response to when we were singing Bushes and Briars. Oh, and oh it was, yeah. And it, it was a your face, like. You have to like, describe it. Right, because this is an audio experience. <laughs> so the camera like swings. We're like, oh, oh my! No, through life. bushes and briars. Oh, through <laughs> bushes and <laughs> through briars. And then the camera swings around, and you just see JoJo's face like staring dead ass into the camera, like blinking. Yeah, like that was my that was my first favorite moment. My second favorite moment was the Thanksgiving episode. Oh, oh that Thanksgiving fuck the Mayflower Day. Day. Plus, the yes. food was so good, was which is so like good. the second most listened to podcast because according to the about data. Food with food, but also you like felt the food. let's talk about that headline. Fuck the Mayflower. I think that's yeah. what it is. I don't know, <laughs> just like, they see the fuck part and they're like, oh, what's this about? Welcome to my home. We are live. We are live. in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Recorded live. How you doing? In front of no audience. That's true. The audience is my TV. We are on location. And these little kids in these pictures. Who are they? Who are those children? Maybe we don't want to mention Joe's personal family. That is, no, that is all the same children. Oh. Same one child. Is that you? Same one child. <laughs> Who is that? Who That's, is that? That is my nephew. Oh. He's half uh, half Lao. Oh. oh. Um, I don't like. <laughs> Why are we on the same journey? So stupid. We're on the same journey. Because the number one one is the HIV, uh, the um, World AIDS, World AIDS, World AIDS Day. Day one. Mm. Yeah. You know, I actually wanted just like a, a brief foray into the Mayflower and the discussion around that. Um, just today, we were talking about how at my place of employment, everyone in the UK office is off work today because Good Friday is a national holiday for them. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's funny that We're such their a Christian church nation. that their church was founded on sin, but they have Good Friday off and we don't. Their country was founded on sin. Their church. Church of England was founded on divorce. That's true. Henry, Henry VIII. VIII. Killed oh, wow. his wives, divorced him. He made his own church so he could keep doing it. Interesting. And, and it's so funny that he became we... the head of the church. And as a puritanical, I <laughs> Excuse me? As a what? I think it's funny how we as a quote unquote to some Christian nation that allow our legislation to be uh, pushed and moved by like things like the Bible and stuff that we don't just make good for. But I guess we don't want to move into that direction. Stormy Daniels is coming, girl. You just got to wait. Oh, so my favorite, I think one of my most favorite parts of the podcast was when we had Terry Torrington on Mm -hmm. that episode. So the New Year New Slay episode. And um, we were in this really weird formation because there were too many people in the mini studio. And so, like, I couldn't usually I was able to make con- eye contact with Zach so we could, like, vibe off of each other and oh, sing songs and or whatever. And up. Zach had the whole microphone, not just the microphone, but the stand and everything, holding it as if he was a preacher <laughs> at the altar call. And I just I don't know why I died laughing. It was. Yeah, it tickled me, too. Publishing is the hardest part of content creation. Yeah, some of the sometimes some of those like thirty day challenges, like like in October, like a lot of my friends do the Inktober challenge, which mm-hmm. is thirty days of like uh, inking and like drawings, and it's mm-hmm. like having to do that like 
every day a new prompt and like trying to get through something that's like uh, a definite amount, a definite amount of time. Like, it really helps you and it really pushes you. Zach, like, why are you holding the mic? I'm instead? holding the mic so I can turn and face my friend <laughs> while I speak. To them. I was like, are we having church? <laughs> I so, don't want to do the same thing. <laughs> I would like to meet my friend <laughs> in the eyes while we are having a discussion and a discourse. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> off of but I looked over. <laughs> he was holding it like he was about to do the altar call. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? If you would like to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. The doors of the church are open. Because I had to, like, turn all the way around Carlos. Like, <laughs> you look like a TBN special just sitting there. He was Tammy Faye Baker right. in that yeah. moment. I had the mascara and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my, my favorite... Uh, my, my two of my my favorite moments. One was the Final Fantasy episode. Oh God, of course, oh, yeah. yes. people loved that yeah. one. Yeah, that one's and fun. the also, production in that one. Um, our Let's Talk About Race episode when we got real serious. Oh yeah. Um, oh right. Oh, that one got because it showed so people reached like, out to us. We have the range, y'all. Yeah, mm. we have the range. We go highbrow. We go lowbrow. Do you want to hear what our top ten episodes? We go are unibrow. So far? Yeah, in order. Do you want to? Do we want to do reverse order? Reverse order. Why don't you yeah. say okay. the six that didn't make it? Huh? <laughs> right, right. That's the gag. So should we then just do a top five? Let's yes, top, top five. five. Okay. In fifth place, Osei Kin, you see. Okay. Oh, yeah. Our episode celebrating the LGBT. Veterans. Veteran. Oh, when no. we read off oh, those the, names. When we right. read off the names. Oh, no. Yeah. The elected officials. The blue wave. Sorry. Uh, Danica Rome. Oh, right. That was yes. the blue wave. Building the roads. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and Route 53 needs to be fixed, honey. <laughs> In fourth place is the For the Culture podcast. Okay. Wow. Episode. Yeah. That's a recent one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In third place, the ultimate clapback. Yes. Oh, yeah. Correct. In second place, Fuck the Mayflower, yeah. our Thanksgiving spectacular. Mm-hmm. Such good food. And number one, World AIDS Day. Yeah. With yes. 517 unique listens. That's wow. A that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people to reach into touch. And I think that's, it's, that for me is probably the most well, exciting thing. I mean, I've thing. reached in touch. I mean, well, that's a Saturday you night do that every night. We're doing work, yo. But, we're doing but we're work. doing the work. And, and, we're, and what I'm hoping, one of the things that we're doing is helping to inspire other people who are listening to us and saying, you know what? If those fabulous four people can do this. And like, I mean, yeah, we're all talented and smart and great looking and sexually generous and blessed beyond measure but like on top of that like we're also just regular people Hello. so yeah you people listeners like who might be interested in doing something like this there's a lot of work that goes into it i'm not gonna lie but yeah. i think if you're willing to do it um you can be your own content creator and do stuff and i think that we need people especially if you are a queer person of color to go out there and to create your own content and things that can touch people. So in this last bit of questioning, what's one thing that you've learned or one piece of advice that you would give for somebody who is interested in going into podcasting or content creation in general? Just do it. Don't, don't wait. If you have an idea, just do it and keep doing it because don't worry about how good it's going to be or how good it's not going to be. Just start. Even if you just start recording those things and you keep it to yourself for a while until you feel comfortable enough to to move forward, just start because we need your voices. I would say 
specifically toward podcasting, like uh, do it with your friends, like people that you can very well vibe with. And that's where I was going with mentioning the back stage account. I am on there to see, I'm on there and I see like listings for theater or commercial or voiceover. But a lot of times I see listings for podcast personality. I'm like, who like hires a podcast for like, do you have no friends to do this with? Like, it feels more authentic. And this has been a really fun interaction doing this with people that I was already acquainted with. But now, you know, I did a video about friendship and like not everybody's your friend. But one of the ways that someone becomes your friend is by doing something regularly over and over again and going through that experience. And so all these people, including producer Pedro over there who doesn't have his own mic, um, have become friends over these past six months. You all were already friends, obviously, but it's even more so. And I think that the quality gets better, not only moving from physically the mini studio to a professional podcasting studio, which we've done in the past six months, but um, the bond, it just, it, creates fun and jovial content. That's my advice is do it with your friends. Um, my bit of advice, I would say um, going into this, I really took a page from Nomi Malone and relied on the talents of my black friend to carry me. <laughs> so I don't know who Bye. that is. <laughs> this is a reference from to showgirls. Show she relied oh. on like, basically she was just a white girl relying on the, talents and and aspirations of her black friend to to carry her through uh no um uh the one bit of advice i would say is like to dovetail off what jonathan said like it's finding you know a tribe and finding your friends and um one of the people that initially when i walked into the situation and i didn't really know that much about uh also helping to produce a podcast um i spoke with a lot, one of my friends um her name is a uh, it's okay, Kadia Smith. She does a podcast here in Brooklyn called uh, Cheers and Queers uh, about two black queer femmes um, drinking and talking about sex and relationships. Um, she offered like a lot of like some pretty good tips and like some advice as to go into it. So know, know who's around you, know who's on a similar path and a similar journey, and don't forget and don't hesitate to ever reach out and, you know, better yourself and, and better better them you need you know yeah. these two girls yeah and you talked to them specifically for advice being on here yeah a little bit oh, ago yeah neat no she's awesome yeah right, uh, you we should have them on yeah we should yeah so i guess my piece of advice for anybody that's doing content especially if you're doing content with other people i think something that terry Toro had mentioned when he was chatting with us earlier this year. And I think we sort of have formally adopted even before, but I think was very real and salient when he said it was don't be afraid to be honest with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that has been really helpful for the four of us as we've been going through this journey together, that we can be in a place with each other where we know that we love and support and respect each other, but can also say, hey, like, I didn't like when this happened or this didn't quite work for me or I don't think that this is necessarily the right way to go for this. And we are all willing to listen to each other. We are willing to check our ego at the door uh, and, and make great work happen. So I think we focus on being very solutions oriented and coming out with something that's powerful and useful um, for ourselves and for anybody who listens. So I think being open and honest with each other, which is key 
but is also very scary yeah. and because you have to be vulnerable. But I think that that is what helps to make the magic happen when you're creating content. Agreed. Um, to, to put a cap on this conversation, if you, if, if you want to contribute to the conversation as a, as a person of color, as a queer person of color, wherever you fall in that conversation, uh, please feel free to reach out to us if you need information about how to get started. And we will be happy to answer those questions for you. Or even if you're just a content creator or want to be content creator, reach out. Uh, you know, we want to just help people. Yeah. Um, I don't. I didn't mean to all lives matter your <laughs> statement like that. Sorry. But um, yeah. So coming up now, uh, we're gonna cut into a pre-recorded uh interview that I had with Random J from the internet. Uh, he's a really fun content creator. He's been doing this for years. He never officially disappeared. Like he never officially ended it, which you'll hear in the podcast. But he's also uh, really heavy into like J-pop, K-pop, uh, video games, uh, mm. hip-hop, R&B. He's just like, you can see why. You British can, you. And he's also British. So like, you can see why I gravitated toward this person. So I hope you really enjoyed uh, this uh, truncated version of this episode of this Q-Pac Life in which we kind of... What does truncated mean? Doesn't it mean like I don't shortened? Know it means shortened. Okay. Okay, because I thought you were trying to check me. No, I'm not trying to check you. I just you have all been saying words that I just don't know, and finally I worked up the honesty. Yes. Thank you, Terry Torrington, okay. to to ask what they were. Fuck. Thank, thank you, Zach. Fuck my dictionary. Here, let me just look. Fuck it up your now. thesaurus. No, we just told you it means shortened. And now, yeah. random day. It's about all of the people that the Joker kills and you'll realise and also remember, hold on, they were all black men. You are currently listening to the Random Rambles of Jay for the week beginning December 16th, 2013. Random J, uh, someone that I really look up to and have looked up to for, it's 2018? Literally 10 years? That's crazy. I can't believe it's 10 years. It's been a decade. Yeah. One-tenth of a century. (laughs) But the crazy thing is I would have never thought that I'd be in this setting talking to somebody that I stand, like, Mm -hmm. years ago. Not That's not, like, a jab at your age, because we're about the same age. Yeah. But, like, that's just the... That's just the world now. Like, at one point, you live, first of all, I call you Jay from the UK to yes. all my friends because you're from London. Yep. Um, and for those listening, uh, Jay, it, you, you you say what you were back then. Um, I'm trying to think what point that you found me. It was through the podcast Definitely initially, the right? Podcast. So um, originally I started blogging over 10 years ago. Um. I was just bored, um, felt like I had an opinion on things, 
um, wanted to share them and then podcasting kind of just happened. And it's weird that I've come across people who have found me through the podcast because as far as I was concerned, no one was really listening to it. Mm. So it's kind of weird to hear you say that, oh, I stand you through the podcast because from my perspective, I didn't think anybody was listening to it at all. So that's crazy. So I stand you and it was because someone else told me about you. So you had at least two fans. <laughs> Jeff Rick, shout out to you yeah. back down there in the South. Good old friend of mine. He put me on you because he was like, do you listen to podcasts? And back then it was like, no. Mm. And he's like, well, here's a good one to start off with. This person talks about like J-pop and anime and video games. And lo and behold, you were like my first person that I was like, oh, I have to listen. And at this time you were still doing it regularly. Here in yeah. 2018, you've, I think, have completely given it up. The podcast yeah. is still up on iTunes, the random rambles of no, no, yeah, the random rambles of Jay. Yes. Yeah, it's still floating around out there for those who want to listen. Try not to listen to anything from episode ten back. <laughs> Going straight <laughs> to the answer, straight to the no. But um, if I remember correctly, it was a lot of video game references, but also like mixed in with hip hop, R and B, and then J pop things. Yeah, one of the things that I remember particularly about you and your creativity was that. The intersection was so wild that you would make hip hop R and B remixes and covers using video game lyrics. And yes. I'm like, I think I've not heard anybody else do <laughs> any of that shit that you would have done. Yeah. Um I mean the the podcast is really kind of an intersection of all the different things that I was into. I like mu I like video game music. I love video game music, but I do like R and B, I like pop, I like J pop. And I think that I think that's why it was a shock to me that anyone listened to it because the podcast was just such a mess. It was just a complete, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. It was a complete clusterfuck of everything that I was into. And when you line them up side by side, it just doesn't really make sense. And I think even when people um, meet me or know me, friends that know me personally, they just know that's part of who I am. But I think that part of what made me do the podcast and the blog was, I wonder if there are people out there that have these same random interests collectively that I have and of course there's you being one of them um and you had people on Twitter that would at you all the time and be like we need another podcast yeah so it was it was crazy to me that there were other people out there that had those same kind of random interests in all these different things and that they can coexist right together so near the end it was like if I if I remember off the top of my head correctly, yeah, maybe you would do a podcast a month, and then it slowed to like once a quarter, and then there was a point where you did one on Christmas, and then the next time you did it was Christmas the next year. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of went from monthly to annual to like once every two years. Why did that happen? I'm not even sure. I think there was. I mean, life. Mm. Generally, I think there was a point where I found it very easy to do podcasts once a month and then life would happen and it just became a lot more difficult for me to sustain that. Um, but then also I'm very picky and I'm very selective. So there's I've probably got gigs worth of random ramble episodes that what? I've just not released. The unreleased <laughs> tapes? The, the unreleased tapes, yeah, because I'd record it, I'd edit, I'd cut everything together and then I'd just sit on it and then by the time I got to a point where I could release it I'm like well this is all old now I can't really put any of this out um so yeah so it, it, 
I don't think I might end up doing a podcast at some point. For I don't, viewers, I don't really my, know. My eyebrows are lifting really big because <laughs> this would be great. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Like, what is on the agenda for coming back? Like, yeah. this is the first time you've appeared on a podcast in a while. In years, yeah. So for me, there was never a definite end. It's just so it's, it's not over. Not it, I. I don't know. I don't know. So it's well. Officially, it's not over. No, like, officially, the it's last not over. one didn't say bye. This is it forever. No. So if if another one pops up, don't be surprised. But I would not be able to tell you when. Um, the one thing that I got sick of myself is at the end of every podcast, I always say I have no idea when I'm going to put another one out. But <laughs> if there is another one, listen to it. Um, yeah. So, well, uh, well. No, I really hope that you come back. Uh, I want you to know that this whole thing, the listeners that listen to this QPOC life, I want y'all out there to know that this person right now is like the mother of the house. <laughs> the reason why I made education. I was already doing YouTube by the time I discovered you. So it's, yeah. but you know, the whole podcast thing, it's like, and it's super niche. I, I encourage you, especially you gamers out there and undoubtedly you PAX East people that are coming to check out this podcast to see what we are all about before the panel, um, to check out Random J's. Uh, hold on. Is it Random J or like J or what? It, most people just call me J. J or right. It's either. I answered to either. And then it's not, not even first. actually written out Random J. It's question mark J, right? In yeah. a lot of places. It's hashtag branding. Which let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> like for years, you have not ever shown your face. You're like Sia. You're like Sia before she was Sia. Yeah. So like in pictures, like I posted a picture the other day and you like direct message me. It was like, what was it? What was the exact? Uh, I knew the gift you were describing. It was Dionne Warwick. Yes, Dionne, Dionne Warwick, Warwick staring with yeah. that short uh, slick back hair, that gift. Um, I thought I was in brand protocol, but apparently it's changed over the years. It, well... Do you know what the crazy thing is? I'm what I look like isn't a see. It was just where did it come from? I just don't like taking pictures of myself. Mm. That that's it. So when you go on my Instagram, you just see pictures of food, random pictures of buildings, and it's not because I want weave. Yeah, weave discount weave clearance <laughs> signs, and it's not because I have this whole seer thing where I just don't want people to know what I look like. Because even in my Twitter avenue, you can see my face. I've got sunglasses on, but it's just I just don't like how I look in pictures. That's mm. It, that's literally it I see that's the only that's that's the reason why I like the idea that you're more of like a mastermind and that like I'll show a little this part of my face in this picture but I won't show so like the best anybody like your stands could do is to like piece it together yeah. in like a Microsoft Paint or uh, Photoshop mm. and like put it together that way because you did have fans like you had lots I think you did have fans like I, I, if if there were me and Jeffrey, then there and I've seen people on Twitter. Then I, I know, had to have. I know there were at least, well, now I know there was at least three who were vocal fans, like people who would comment and reach out to me. Um, and actually, there was one fan in particular who, he was almost like the audience that I was doing the podcast for because I'd started blogging. Um, this particular person, Junli, shout out to Junli if you're still out there. Um. And as far as I was aware, he was the only person that was listening to the podcast. Um, he'd comment on all of them. Um, he'd put reviews on some of the podcasts even. Bless him. Um, mm. So I, I know I at least had three mm. that were actually active in reaching out to me. I probably, I mean, I, I had more, but they're just silently listening or 
Right. Don't care. I don't know. Um, I, I don't really follow the analytics of how many people listen to my podcast and things like that. I, I don't. I probably should have, but I just don't. But aside from the podcast, you definitely had a following in your J-pop, K-pop coverage, right? Yeah. I, um. Naturally. Um. Just because I don't think there's a lot of people that cover J-pop, particularly. Mm. Um. There's like very few blogs that do K-pop. There's like millions there's tons but j-pop still considered to be quite niche even though japan is like the second biggest music industry in the world second to america um so i've probably gotten more coverage or fans through the j-pop blog than anything else yeah. um which is which is weird but it doesn't really surprise me um just because there aren't many people covering it and that's with me intermittently doing like a blog post a week i'm terrible right so you're still doing that, though? Yes. Okay. So this isn't on our script, but, it, you know, I go where the spirit leads me. Mm. Um, speaking of K-pop, now, one of my, like, I like K-pop. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not a K-pop stan. I can't tell you, like, this group or that. The only one I know off the top of my head is EXO mm. and, like, I guess BTS, is if they're a thing. Um, which I'm I'm sure if people listen to this, they're like, "What do you mean if they're a thing?" <laughs> I don't know if that's their name. I just see the hashtag. Yeah, I just so I guess that's their name. Yeah. Um. So I'm not trying to be shady, but my thing is, I like the music, and I know why I like the music. It's because of how it sounds, mm. and I know why everybody else likes the music. It's because of how it sounds, especially yeah. here in the United States or in the West. So if we can all agree that people like K-pop for the way it sounds, then we also must acknowledge the fact that it sounds like black music. Yes. Then we also need to acknowledge the fact that Korea in particular is not very fond of black people. Mm. So that hypocritical like thing, not even with the Koreans, but with people here in the West who couldn't give a fuck less about black people, yeah. will stand for K-pop. Well, I think it's indicative of... Um, can we call it white pop or Caucasian yeah. pop? You know, it's one of those things where if you package something that is inherently black culture in a completely different package, people respond to it. I mean, you could look at someone like Justin Timberlake. There have been lots of black artists that were doing the music he's been doing for years, but they weren't able to get the kind of traction that he's managed to sustain for over a decade. So I think K-pop speaks to, I think, a, I don't want to call it an issue, but it speaks to like a bigger narrative which is that if you can, you take black culture or something that's inherently black and you package it in a different way, people respond to it completely differently. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that's the case. Yeah, if I'm being really honest. Yeah, uh, and I, and it's not to take away from K-pop in itself, um, because I think that K-pop's a fascinating thing to look at because it's more than just the music. Um, you know, there's whole things in terms of the way that these big labels in Korea operate and the way that these people are trained for years. The idol schools. That, and all that kind of thing. I think there's it's a fascinating culture when you really look into it. There's a um, good documentary. Some, is it Netflix, I think, that talks about like that whole process? Mm. I'm not sure. What Al Alfonso, someone that I follow on Twitter, and he follows me. He's a big K-pop person. He... Uh, told me to watch this i don't know where it is though but that's how i learned about like the process that you're talking yeah. about now um doesn't japan have something similar though like akb48 yeah it does i think it, in k-pop it's a standard across every single act more or less whereas in japan it's kind of specific to 
like you said, AKB48, yeah. Or, or the groups in particular. Yeah, but Japan has its own kind of system of things like that. So over there you sign to, this is going into way more detail than I thought, but some acts will sign to like a management agency mm. who kind of own the rights and the masters to the recordings and the record label just literally distributes the music. Um, and these artists get locked into contracts for like years. Mm. So it's... Yeah, I think that's that's the part of the uh, the two industries that actually kind of fascinates me and um, something that I try to touch on when I do posts on random J-pop. It's more than just, oh, here's a music video, here's a song. It's kind of the story behind that to an extent. Yeah. And uh, moving back to the West, you're also a fan of, well, I don't know. Are you a fan of Beyonce's? Am I I've a fan? seen some I, of the I'd, things that you've done. I'd say, I'd, I'd say, would fan be putting it strongly? I like her music. You like, yeah. I, I like I, her music. I feel like I'm the, the same way. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like I'm a stan or I'm a hardcore fan, but I've gone to see, I, oh, saw, yeah. I saw Destiny Child in concert once, um, saw Beyonce on her Formation World Tour. Um, I have all her albums. I do follow her. Um, I, I like her. I admire her. I wouldn't say I'm a fan. But, but you have applied your niche uh, quirky personality to some of uh, your work in regards to Beyonce and things like video games. Yeah. You created a very fun piece <laughs> on YouTube called B-Day Fantasy. B-Day Fantasy, Which yes. our own JoJo loves the uh, and wants. They were like, ask, when Jay comes, ask him if you can use that mashup of the crystal theme. Oh, and get me bodied. Get me bodied <laughs> on the Tupac podcast. And I'm like, I'll ask him. So here, here I am asking. Yeah. But um, let's move. We uh, only have a few more minutes for this interview because Jay has to get on a flight to the UK. But let's talk about video games since we share that as well. Yes. Um, what was your first console? My first console was an Atari. Oh, I, Jesus. I don't, I know. I don't want to guess the number, but I'll, because I'll probably get it wrong, but it was an Atari and the joystick was literally just a joystick and one button. And I had Pac-Man, Pole Position, Millipede. Um, but I think that was that was more like a toy. I don't think I considered it a video game in any sense. So that was my first console, but I think the first actual console where I was like, wow, video games is this amazing thing that I just became completely entranced with was my NES Nintendo when I got Super Mario Brothers and I think that's when it really that's when I became a huge fan of video games but you have remained a stan for Nintendo throughout these years yeah mm, st- I mm. think so I, I, I'd I say I'm a I'm always hesitant to use the word stan I'd like to say that I'm a I'm a conscientious stan okay. so I'm, I'm so I, the thing is is I don't love everything Nintendo do so you know when Nintendo have fucked up or they put out a console I don't like or a game I don't like like I'm not going to sit here and say every single Zelda game's fantastic every single Mario game's fantastic because I'll be lying through my teeth so um I do love Nintendo but I'll be the first to say when I don't like something that they do um and I don't hold back with that so what's an example in your opinion mm. your expert opinion of uh one one should we do it from the franchise? Like one good of everything, the best in your opinion of yeah. all the major Nintendo franchise, Ooh. and then the worst. And we've only got a few minutes, so. Oh, okay. Um, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite Mario game is difficult, but I think my worst one is probably Super Mario Sunshine. Okay. I think quite a few people would share that opinion. Um, not that it's a terrible game, but it kind of felt it's. 
I admire Super Mario Sunshine because without that, there wouldn't have been Super Mario Galaxy, right. which is an amazing game. Um, but it just felt very unrefined. Mm. It kind of felt like it just felt rushed. So I'd say that's my worst Super Mario game. Um, in terms of my favorite Legend of Zelda game, A Link to the Past is my favorite. Oh, okay. SNES one, hands yeah. down. Um, again, classic. Everyone loves Ocarina of Time. There wouldn't have been an Ocarina of Time without A Link to the Past. I don't see the connection there as much as I do the Sunshine thing because Sunshine makes me feel like it's the Final Fantasy fifth. Sunshine is Final Fantasy fifteen, yeah. which we talked about the other day. Mm. Like now, Square Enix kind of knows what they're doing, so yeah. whatever comes next is gonna be the galaxy of Final Fantasy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I tell I tell you what it is is that. Ocarina of Time is literally a link to the past in 3D to an extent. In terms of you've got the beginning, you have to get three pendants. Right. And then you switch into the dark world and then you have to get these other crystals. The format's the same. Yeah. The maps are the same. The premise of the game is the same. Um, so it borrows heavily from it. I, I think they're the two Zeldas that you can kind of compare into you can see the influence well, across right those two the other two yeah so. so um link to the past is my favorite zelda game my least favorite is probably um twilight princess i never played that one yeah uh, it, it, again it wasn't a bad game it was just a bit mm. they really tried to go serious with that one it was almost it felt to me, it felt like Twilight Princess was a knee-jerk reaction to a lot of the backlash they faced with The Wind Waker. Oh. Even though The Wind Waker, I think, is the one Zelda game which has sustained a really high level of critical acclaim. I think it's one of those games where, at the time, people were quite unsure about it. And then in retrospect, they're like, no, actually, this game is fantastic. It stood the test of time. Ex graphically, from the soundtrack, everything. Of course, there are flaws with the game, but I think that's the one Zelda game that even for me personally, I liked it when I played it. But when I look back, I'm like, actually, this game is so much better than I gave it credit for originally. Um, So Twilight Princess is probably my least favorite Zelda game. All right. We did Mario. We did Zelda. Metroid. Yeah, what um, happened with Metroid, though? Like, Well, I mm, I don't know. And it's a shame because I feel that's the one French... Uh, Nintendo always get a bad rep for not being adult enough. Mm. And I think Metroid and is the one... this could have been the one. Yeah, and it's just... They, they kind of just... They've pissed that franchise away. But the Metroid Prime series I loved. I absolutely adored. Um, Metroid Prime 1 is probably my favourite Metroid game. Oh. Um... I can't speak too much on Super Metroid because I've never played all the way through it. And I That's need to. That's the only one that I've played through. Yeah. And I know that everyone adores that game. It's so really great. Um, the only reason I'm not naming that as my favorite is because I've not played it. Um, I'm not just going to say it's my favorite for the sake of it. So Metro Prime 1 is my favorite. Um, Metro Prime 2 Echoes, probably my least favorite. It's a bit of a funny game, that one. It was weird. Yeah. All right. Well, th that was a good lightning round, a little speed thing. And, uh, for those of you listening uh, and that like Jay, maybe we'll do something in the future where like you come on via Skype because you're across the pond, as they say. Yep. And uh, we can go more in depth about Nintendo or whenever we're talking about games. Because uh, a major thing that we share on this QPOC life with the main cast is that we're all gamers. Mm. Uh, and so to have you speak with the rest of the panel in real time, that would also be really neat once we... Uh, Find something else to talk about. We did do a Final Fantasy episode, and I do want to get your thoughts on as <laughs> as much as we can fit in the next we four could, minutes. We could talk for hours of Final Fantasy. So I'm just going to ask, what does the next Final Fantasy, what setting does it need to be in order to redeem itself from the mess that was Final Fantasy 15? 
Um, for me, it's not so much about the setting. It's more about the gameplay and the story. I think the the two things that Square Enix have just gotten so, excuse my language, fucking wrong with the past two Final Fantasies is the stories haven't been that great. Or Actually, I lie. There's a good story. They just tell it really badly. Yeah, like 13 hallway simulator, but it could have been really great. Yeah, the thing is when you look into the, the lore with the whole thing with the Lassie and all that kind of thing, in the context of the game, it didn't make sense. But then when you read into all the different pieces of lore and you bothered to go into the menus and read all these logs. It Which was like, I was oh. not here for. No, no one is. That's, I mean, if how can you put really crucial story elements and confine it to a menu? That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. That should have played out in a cutscene or within the game. So I think that... For me, the setting isn't as important as them getting the story and the gameplay right, which are two things I think Square Enix have really dropped the ball on with the past two games. Yeah, so 13 and then skipping 14, because they kind of, re- like, that's, I never consider the online ones to be, like, part of the main numbered series, even yeah. though they allow it to be, but they redeem themselves anyway. And then 15, mm. which I feel wasn't so, like, I really just need to see what the original manuscript was yes. for, like, whatever they had planned, because... Like, knowing that they realistically, everybody likes to say, oh, they had 10 years to do it. Realistically, they only had two or three years to do it. I need to know, like, did they know that they were going to have Gladio go on a side quest and they were just going to make that DLC? Like, what was the motivation there? Was it to drive cash? Or was it because they didn't have time? Or was it a little of both? You know, it's, it's a year and a half later and we're just now getting a fully fleshed out Final Dungeon of Final Fantasy 15 with additional cutscenes. And still we don't have, like, a lot of other stuff, very crucial stuff that played out in this universe that we don't know, like, why is Titan holding a comet? And, like, why are there craters in the ground? And, like, you know, Kingsglaive could only do so much. It's it's crazy. And the thing is that I think is such a bigger mess is you've got Final Fantasy XV, the game, you've got Brotherhood, the anime series, you've got Kingsglaive, the film, and between all three of those, there's still not a complete story. Um, So... Likewise with you, I'd like to know what the original manuscript was and if there was even intent in the beginning to do Brotherhood and Kingsglaive or what point those came in. Um, As a Band-Aid to fix up the <laughs> leaky ship that was... Well, leaky well, uh, leaky something, I don't know. But it's just Final Fantasy fifteen to me just felt like it felt too fragmented. But I think that's the template that Square Enix are going with with all of these games now because they did a similar thing with thirteen, where it's like, okay, we're going to give you a game, but we're going to give you something else and then this thing here and then this thing here like look at there's a mobile game on final fantasy 15 as well yeah that is just it just a mess well where did it all go start going wrong well final um, fantasy 10 too yeah, well basically that that's when they started to really bastardize the series because there wasn't really dlc at that point because we couldn't dl anything yeah but they were like we're just gonna put out a whole new game using the same franchise and then they did the advent children movie or maybe that came before but seven started getting a whole bunch of more stuff and then it all went to hell once we found out that we could download stuff because you know i don't know it's it's a it's a mess and it kind of it feels like they're bastardizing the franchise because before it was a case of you get one game you get one shot at the world the characters there's a start a middle and an end onto the next thing now it's like you get the game but then you get a spin-off and you might get a film and you might get a prequel and you might get a handheld version and it's just i i don't like that i just don't like it's i think it's wasting time and resources and i think you know we still have to look forward to 
the remake of Final Fantasy VII, well, I'm not looking forward to it. I but this. knowing that they're putting resources toward that instead of, and I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they're like secretly working on Final Fantasy XVI mm. and that they just release one trailer that doesn't really show a lot. Yeah. And then next thing we know, we get the game. Just like, give it. Just even. Just give us the logo. That's that would all. be it. That's all. <laughs> logo coming soon, and that's it. Because again, we discussed this, but I think the issue with Final Fantasy fifteen, they showed too much way too early, and what we saw in that original trailer didn't pan out in the game. Half of it, it, it was kind of mis- misleading. It was. It was false. It was fake news. <laughs> It was fake news. It was. 100%. Especially even at the point when they were already, when they had rebranded to 15, mm. there was still stuff in that trailer that just never made it to the game. At all. So it's like, at all. whatever. I'm just like, well, well, Jay, I'm glad that you came by, you know, and we look, I, you're definitely going to make a digital appearance on here again. The listeners will never know that he's going to be on Skype. So <laughs> we'll go into more depth here, but I'm just very honored to, well, I mean, I've, I, I can't say to finally meet you, but we've, to finally we've interview. Before. We've met like three we've times before. We've gone yeah. to see Color Purple and all this stuff. You mm. come to New York. I'll go to London one day. And then, well, you can show me around. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for being on this QPOC Life. And, uh, Thank you for inviting me. Where can everybody me. find you on the internets? You can find... Oh, I've got the... Well, I've not got very memorable tags. Here we go. Um, here we go. On Twitter, at underscore randomj underscore. Um, my J-pop blog is at randomjpop.com. And I have another blog, which I barely update, so I'm not going to give you the URL for that. If you become a fan, then you just have to find it yourself. Basically. All right, everybody. And now back to you in the main studio. Thank you, Jonathan, for that incredible that interview. Yeah. So inspiring. So inspiring. Um, I felt touched. I'm You're, gagged I mean, right I'm now because right now. <laughs> they didn't even listen to the interview. This is literally three seconds. We are in the time machine. What's the time machine? What is this bus people keep talking about? I'm on the magic school bus. bus. So thank you again for joining us. Um, and here's to many months more of this QPOC life. You may call me Joe Lee. That is Joe with no E, which is how you will find me everywhere on the internet that I have a public profile. And I'm Carlos Rios. You can catch me online at Trey Fabulo. And I cannot wait to hear from you. I don't know. You can edit that out. That's <laughs> terrible. I'm keeping it. Uh, my name is Zachary Aris. That's uh, A-R-E-S, like the Greek god. And I'm the only one in the world. I'm Jonathan, a.k.a. Blation FMA on the internet. And that's basically everywhere, including Pornhub. And this was... This Cubac Life! This QPOC Life is recorded at Brooklyn Media Arts in downtown Brooklyn, New York. Pedro Villalta is our producer, and the intro music is by Jolie. Please send inquiries to ask at thiscupoc.life. Thank you.